When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. And we're live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. You can get details at minnesotagolfshow.com and uh, score north out here all weekend. Danny and Manny will be out here tomorrow from 10 a.m. to noon. And I'm sure uh, a a good part of their conversation tomorrow morning will center around the Minnesota Timberwolves. And last night, guys, so I'm I'm watching that Timberwolves game against the Pelicans. And I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, they... They lost twice against Memphis in the last week. They lost against Orlando, and for everything we say about the Timberwolves, those are those are two basketball teams that they should be able to beat. And I'm watching that first half last night, and I'm going, okay, f- they're finally doing what they should do against a, a, a team, one of the few teams in this league that on paper you look at it and you go, well, they should beat them. I watched the first half. I went and did a little open mic comedy last night at the Comedy Corner Underground at halftime. I DVR'd the second half. And I'm following, I'm checking my Twitter timeline every few minutes and seeing what's going on in the Wolves game. And I'm seeing, I'm following Danny Cunningham, our Wolves reporter. You can follow him at Danny Cunningham. And I'm, and I'm watching, I'm watching that lead crumble. It was up to 18 at one point, and I'm watching that lead crumble. And at one point, I was just like, I got it. I just got to see how this happened. So I'm going to stop following Twitter and just go home and see how this happened. And it was even worse than I thought it was following along on Twitter because one little tidbit that I didn't catch on Twitter was that Anthony Davis, who's playing for some reason, didn't even play the entire fourth quarter. No. The Pelicans... He didn't play the fourth quarter, period. The Pelicans tried to literally hand that win over to the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves just fumbled it away. And that had to be... Rock bottom for the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. If there was anybody in that organization, anybody who watches this team, who had any playoff hopes whatsoever, which at this point I don't know, I don't know why you would. That last night had to put an end to any of that talk and any of that hope. How they lost that game is beyond me. So it, I've got one question off that entire thing too, though. Mm-hmm. All right, was I funny? Yes. <laughs> Actually, no, because oh, okay. I assumed you were. Did, did you I gave it? you the benefit of the doubt. Did you bring the house down? Uh, my question off this entire thing, then, is of all, the, uh, of all the things that have gone wrong, and there's a lot, why didn't you 
trade any potential assets for draft picks that you could have. Because, again, I will go back to what we talked about on Friday's show, which is if you are going to judge Ryan Saunders off this, it's completely unfair. Like whether they win or lose or or they blow games like they uh, certainly did last night or have in this past week, Ryan Saunders needs to be judged on somebody who knows basketball who says, can he coach? Uh, but why didn't you take the assets that you have and I'm not even saying they'd get you a ton, but the Taj Gibsons, right? And turn them into draft picks. Turn them into something that's going to benefit you in the future. Because as of right now, you have no immediate present. And that adds to why that loss last night was so bad, Judd, for it to happen in the immediate aftermath of the trade deadline where they declined to move any of these guys for any sort of assets that you could get. As you just said, they... they any 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 reasoning that that you had for why you did that was pummeled into the ground in the second half of that basketball game last night. So you're at the point now where there's nothing you can even do about it. Like if this happened a week ago, maybe that would convince somebody in in the Wolves front office to go, "Okay, yeah, no, there there's there's no hope for this thing. Whatever whatever we were hoping for in terms of a playoff run is is not going to happen and even if it did happen would not be worth it." It happened in at the exact wrong time. Their worst loss of the season happened at the exact wrong time. So just just to lay the landscape out as clearly as possible, the Timberwolves right now are only four and a half games out of the eighth seed, but the Los Angeles Lakers are going to stake claim to that. The, the Clippers right now are the eighth seed. The Lakers are the ten seed, but now LeBron James is back. The Lakers are in the playoffs. Okay, like The Lakers are making the playoffs now. So you have to catch the seven seed now because the Lakers are just going to climb. And right now the seven seed is occupied in a tie between the San Antonio Spurs and the Utah Jazz. And you're six games behind those better franchises and better run, better coach, better everything franchises. So your best bet right now is to lose games like you did last night. But this is the sad part. Like The outcome is what we want. We should root for this outcome now. We, we you, you should want the Wolves. They've got 25 wins right now. You should want them to not get to 30 wins. I agree. Okay, I agree. The outcome, but, but they itself. were trying to win last exactly. night. Which is exactly, which exactly. Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. So why? So the, and, and the and the Pel- Sorry, Judd. The Pelicans. The Pelicans said, and I don't know if I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read the post game uh, quotes explaining why Anthony Davis didn't play. But if you're going to play Anthony Davis for X amount of minutes, you're not just going to like play him until the middle of the third quarter and then shut his minutes off. It looks very much like tanking if you're in a game and it's kind of close, and then you stop playing one of the top five players right. in the world yeah. for the last quarter and a half. They're right? like, so, this thing's getting close. So we might win. You could, you're right. <laughs> you're trying to win. They're actively trying to tank. Exactly. And the result is the, explanation, the opposite of what you The explanation was Davis hadn't played like in the past nine games, and so they said that by they tried to say, but by the fourth quarter he was taxed, and so they had to rest him. Which, of course, is folly. But this goes back to, to the point of one of the reasons why you, you should root for the Wolves to lose is draft picks. They're not going to make the playoffs. They shouldn't, at least. And that that goes back to what's the one bit of good news that comes this time of year for those teams? The trade deadline. Right. Where you And by the way, where you take what you can get. Like, you don't go and ask for a ton for Taj Gibson. You're like, okay, he's a nice piece. Do you want him? Yes. Okay, give me back a second-round pick. Yeah. Something like that. So so the Wolves have already 
submarined one of the positive things that comes from this time of year and being who they are, which is the ability at the deadline to take these assets of older players who can perhaps come off the bench and help a contender and get you something. That deadline's now gone, and so you've blown that. Part of the problem is, well, there's a lot of problems, but part of the problem is your general manager right now is still attached to the roster that he helped build and the and the mission of let's hit the gas pedal, Jimmy Butler era, Taj Gibson, Jeff Teague, get a bunch of veterans in here, trade away young players to replace them with veteran players, Derrick Rose, right? So Scott Layden's mindset is still stuck in, well, we can if we can just hit the gas pedal, if we can just get Teague back healthy, and if we can just do this, you need someone with a clear mind to come in, a Chauncey Billups, to say, all right, I know that you've been waiting 15 years to have a stretch of relevance outside right. of that one playoff pop-up, but this thing needs to be looked at as a ground-up building project that starts with Carl Anthony Towns and everything else is off the board. Like, Carl Anthony Towns and nobody else has a guaranteed spot on this roster. Absolutely. And nobody has a guaranteed spot on the coaching staff or in the front office. It sucks that they're back to that point, which is where they've been since KG left, but they're back to that point. But this is also why Tibbs and Layden came in here as a package deal. This mm-hmm. is why they had to go as that. There's got to be somebody in who, an executive with the Wolves, who could have taken over that role for the rest of this year and gone and made the deadline deals that, that were there to be made were pretty simple. Like, we're not talking about intricate, right. m- my God, we're trying to trade cat, okay? We're talking about deadline, formulaic, you give me a draft pick, I give you said player. So, so to Phil's point, and he's probably right, the day that you fired Tibbs, the guy that Tibbs brought in to be his GM has to go too because of that. Like I would have rather had the salary cap guy getting back a second round pick for Taj. See, I don't, and, but I don't even understand why you can't trust Scott Layden to do what should have been done, even even with the attachment that he has to Tibbs. And I, I understand where you guys are coming from, but he, it's not like you're asking him to go out and acquire the next great player in this franchise. You're looking for him to get money off the payroll and, and open up some, some money under the cap for free agency this summer and to acquire assets in, in the form of draft picks. I don't think you have to be a genius GM or somebody who I implicitly trust to get those things done. Now, Andrew Wiggins, for all his struggles on the court, the contract that you gave him and the expectations that you had for him, that in itself make would make that a major move that maybe I don't trust Scott Layden with. But getting rid of guys like Anthony Tolliver or Todd Gibson, just finding ways to get these guys off your roster who would be assets to other teams who are trying to win right now and in return get some draft picks or some expiring contracts of your own, I don't, I don't see why, why you can't trust Scott Layden to do that. I have to believe that they, they, went, they went into the trade deadline. Scott Layden had some power, some, some say in terms of what they were going to do, but the, the stated goal was we're still trying to make this push for the playoffs. And you, and you were proven immediately afterwards in that game last night to not have what it takes to make that push for the playoffs. And, and the negligence to me about this whole thing is – the Johnny K report that they didn't even approach Derrick Rose, like the Wolves. That right shows now. you that they're that Rami's one hundred percent right. Like to not approach Derrick Rose shows you they had no desire to even look at the the prospects of. All right, let's let's tear this thing down a little bit here and build it back up with some younger players. Like they're just not they're in that middle ground that that you can't get out of in the NBA. Not approaching Derrick Rose 
is your toilet leaking and you're like, I'll call I'll call on Tuesday. It's Sunday. <laughs> it's Sunday. My house is flooding. I, you know, it's Sunday. You either trade Derrick Rose or you if, if if to me if you if this isn't going I don't think this is gonna happen, but if I'm putting myself in Scott Layden's mind. You have two choices at the it's trade deadline. Place. I know. It's dark. It's like the upside down. <laughs> it's a lot of jazz memories <laughs> in the nineties. You you either trade Derrick Rose or you've committed to signing him for whatever his market value is, which is probably going to be $10, 15000000 million a year. Someone's going to pay rejuvenated Derrick Rose 10 or $15 million a year to be a center focus of... So do you want Derrick Rose to be the main sidekick of Carl Anthony Towns with Andrew Wiggins lurking? And by the way, Andrew about, Wiggins... Hey, Andrew Wiggins almost had a triple-double last night. I don't so, know about the main bravo. sidekick to Carl Anthony Towns, but if you're trying to put together a big three, I think Derrick Rose can still be the third guy in, but, in, but, in a big three at this point. But Wiggins makes it impossible to find a second guy. Exactly. Right? He's the problem. All Derrick right. Rose isn't the problem. Andrew Wiggins is the problem. Derrick Rose is not the problem, but I can almost guarantee you that Derrick Rose is never going to be consistently healthy enough True. for the rest of his career True. to be that guy. Right. Like, on nights he's healthy, it's great. And I think he's loved by Cat, but I don't. The games played is never going to change. So can you can you tolerate that? Now, if you put him coming off the bench of a contender, I think you probably can. But if the Timberwolves sign him and say we need you, maximum games played is what fifty. And it's just I was going to say sixty, and that's that's and that's just not enough. Mm -hmm. Do um, you guys ever see that Spider-Man meme on the internet where it's two yeah. Spider-Mans who are pointing at each pointing other? At each other. Yeah. Like, oh, look, yeah. we're twins. Right. The Pelicans and the Timberwolves last night, where you have these superstar big man, just cyborg players in Anthony Davis, who's better than Carl Anthony Towns, but they're both, like, those are two of the best big men in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And they can shoot. Uh, Towns is playing defense now. They're efficient. They go, like like Anthony Davis went 11 of 15 in 25 minutes from the field. Carl Anthony Towns is, con 12 of 20 is a bad shooting night for Carl Anthony Towns. And then you look at the rest of the roster around them and the franchise around them and just squandering the peak prime years of these amazing players. Like the Pelicans are starting just random guys that I've never heard of before. They This, this, uh... Well, Darius Miller went to Kentucky, but like second round pick, forty sixth overall, and they're just, like they're just putting random dudes in lineups the last four years thing. with Anthony Davis. That's what they intend to do. That's exactly what they're trying to do. But is, even when they were trying to win, they were still like they couldn't true. put a roster around it. That's true. But the difference is the Wolves. That's not their intention. Like last night, we saw a team trying to lose and a team trying to win, and the team that was trying to lose won. Like that's that's. Th that's impossible. Which is as frustrating as it gets, by the way. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you're trying to tank and your foe won't allow it because your foe is too incompetent. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I want to pull up their schedule like, here, but I'm, I'm rooting for losses now. You I'm just rooting for losses. You know, that, you know like crappy dudes when they want to break up with a girl but they don't have what it takes to break up with a the girl? They just treat her real crappy and hope that she breaks up with them? That's what we saw last night, and she would not break up with him. Like, it was, <laughs> that's what we saw play out on a basketball court. <laughs> you suddenly give it experience in this in your no, past. No, <laughs> no. I'm not that guy. Uh, their upcoming schedule here. The, so the Wolves have now lost six out of their last seven <laughs> games. And their upcoming schedule is, let's see, 
They've got two home games, Clippers and Rockets. Now, if they haven't already buried their playoff hopes, the Clippers are in the eight spot right now, and you're four games back. So, like, I mean, I, I don't think they're a playoff team anyways, but you got to win that game. Right. And the, the Clippers are trying to bail now, right? Yeah, they, the they made some sell moves. I hope they, like, I hope they don't bail. count on the Wolves catching them because <laughs> that, that was the Pelicans' plan last night. Out. But they've got, right. they've got yeah. other tanking teams on their schedule coming up, so you'll get a real good test of can you – can you beat tanking teams if your mission is indeed to make the playoffs? Scott Layden and company. Clippers, you could argue, have gone into uh, tank mode. The Knicks have, are coming up on Friday, February 22nd after the All-Star break. They're in tank mode. Uh, the Kings have been in tank mode for a while. The Hawks are in tank mode. Washington, now that they're without their best player, oh, might be are. in tank mm-hmm. mode. Uh, is Detroit? What's Detroit doing this year? Couldn't even tell you. Not much. But like, there's some Not, there's no. some tanking teams on the schedule here that are going to be a real good. Robbie's right. For you. you can't count on the Wolves to help you out. Yeah, don't count on the Wolves to help you there. Yeah. Uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We're not tanking this show. This is bonus Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And I think we've brought like a full weekday effort here to the show so far. I don't feel like we've. I mean, maybe Jed a little speak bit. For but your, speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. I didn't bring my computer, okay? Oh, I just brought my newspapers, my Star Tribune and Planner Presses. When we come back to the Choice Bank Told Minnesota Golf Show. We will uh, we'll, we'll bust out In Other News for the second time this week. Mm-hmm. We liked it so much, so the debut of In Other News. We're going we're gonna to do it again live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Mackie and Joe with Rami. It's Phil Mackey here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made it easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North, that's S-K-O-R, and you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, and more. Score North Twins includes Touch Em All, Royce on Baseball, and more, and so on. Just search Score North, S-K-O-R, wherever you find your favorite podcast. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. You can find full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. Adam Thielen will be out here today from 10 a.m. to noon hosting a kids putting clinic with proceeds benefiting the Thielen Foundation. It is Saturday. It is the weekend. So we thought We'd have a little fun fun, and bring you a little uh, bonus in other news where we take a look at some of the uh, stranger news stories from around the country, some involving sports, some having nothing to do with sports, all involving insane people. And this comes from <laughs> New York City. They're not all from Florida. This comes from New York City. In other news, a New York man is facing charges of criminal mischief for allegedly breaking the front window of a lingerie store last month to attack a Barack Obama mannequin. Okay, then. Police arrested 41-year-old Ruel Altunaga on January 26th after video surveillance allegedly showed him using a cinder block to smash the window of Romantic Depot, an adult store in Harlem. Turns out the window that Altunaga allegedly broke showcased a display with an Obama mannequin dressed as a prince and President Donald Trump dressed as a princess wearing a Make America Great Again hat, according to the New York (laughs) Daily News. The surveillance video showed someone yanking the Obama mannequin out of the window and throwing it to the ground. The Trump statue was left unharmed. Altunaga allegedly left the scene, followed by a store employee. 
he was surrounded, so they put their loss prevention people out and surrounded him to protect him. They said he could have been killed. We had women trying to kick him in the head. We had to protect him because he had damaged the Obama image. As crazy as this dude is, you have to be just as crazy to try and physically attack this man. It wasn't like he actually threw a brick at Barack Obama. It was a mannequin with Barack Obama's head on it. And I don't even know if his uh, if his motives were political because what he told the, the police, according to WPIX, was that the Obama mannequin, quote, was talking to him and oh, he, he so didn't God. like what Obama was saying. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so it could have been any mannequin. Yes. It, it could have just been I a thought, generic right. mannequin. I thought yeah. it might, might have just been a Trump fan at first, but okay, <laughs> but now it makes sense. Interesting. So so I, my first question, and I think it's been answered now, my uh-huh. first question was going to be, don't people think of surveillance cameras? Like the last moment before you threw a cinder block through a window and attack a mannequin, like I would, I would survey around me to see: Are there any cameras? <laughs> Could this come back to bite me at some point? Sounds like his level of self-awareness. I was going to say, quite you're, on think, that. you're not thinking like a person who yeah. speaks to mannequins. <laughs> That's the problem with your logic there. Phil. I will say this though: for all the crazy things that, that people can do these days, this is a good one. Like if you're going to go crazy, like if you if you're going to go nuts, take it out on a mannequin. That's fine, right? Because, you know, I, I love you're like, person, you're, like, justifying this right Didn't now. attack it. Well, no, I'm just thinking this through, and I'm thinking through all the things that happen in our society today. <laughs> and if I and, and if you tell me, okay, Judd, here, here are three choices, I'm taking the attack, the talking mannequin choice every time. Should we have political mannequins just out and about for people to abuse, to take, the take, their, take their frustrations out on mannequins rather than well, yeah, other sure. human beings? I think I think you're onto something here, Judd. Uh, have you guys ever... Are you guys, How big of Twilight Zone fans are you guys? Love Twilight. I love the original. Okay. I wasn't Rod that Serling. big into it, but I'm interested in this new one other than I'm not paying for a CBS All Access. So. Okay. Yeah. Which, um, by the way, it shouldn't be. It should be on CBS. Right. Maybe it'll make its way there, but this, this, this story about the Barack Obama mannequin reminds me of of the After Hours episode of Twilight Zone. I love that one. Uh, episode 34, and uh, it's where this woman is trying to exchange some clothing, or I can't remember what the what the item was, and she goes into the department store, and they keep referring to her to a specific floor that she should be on. And so the whole episode is, like, it's this floor that's not really there, and it's, she's just trying to return this thing, and as the episode plays out, spoiler alert, she finds out that she is a mannequin. Yep. They keep directing her to this particular floor that only has stored mannequins. But in reality, she is a mannequin and finds out at the end of the episode why she belongs with the other mannequins. It's a great show. It's like the Twilight Zone fantastic. Fantastic. Except instead of being dead, she was a mannequin. Spoiler alert, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's the, it's the 60s. The writing on that show, Serling was fantastic. My, my favorite Twilight Zone, Phil, of, of all time is the one where, where there's a guy in the hospital. And the faces of the people throughout the show are darkened the whole yes, time. Yes, yes. So they're darkened the whole time. Yes. So so you're like, this person must be hideous. Like the they're, person. They're like trying to do a surgery yeah. on this person, but you're. It's kind of vague. It's and like all, they man. got burned or something, right? Okay. And so you're and so you're thinking the person in the hospital bed must be just you know burned beyond recognition. It's going to be disgusting. And at the very end, they do the surgery. And and the guy comes in the room, the doctor does, and they turn on the lights. They flip on the lights, and he says, no change, and he turns around. And the person in the bed looks like us, 
and the doctor has a pig's face. So all the so, like, so the world is like a bunch of pig face people. Yeah, and they're the normal, and they're freaked out that this person now looks like a real human being. I don't oh, know. we got to get you watching binging right. some of these Twilight. Twilight I think you can get into it, the old ones. Yeah, once I get done with the Punisher. Okay, I'll get right on. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yep. And the 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 yeah, don't the forget prime time AAF game. Tonight. Rami's got three hundred and fifty shows <laughs> on his DVR, <laughs> but he's got time for comedy. <laughs> In other news, a Boston cop. Who had his city-issued gun allegedly stolen by two strippers after a night out bar hopping last week in Rhode Island who is among us? is not being identified because he is a victim. Police told the Herald today. This is from the BostonHerald.com. He's listed as the number one victim in a Pawtucket police report showing he frantically called cops there early Saturday to report that his black 40 caliber Glock 22 semi-automatic was gone. The unnamed officer's service weapon, owned by the Boston Police Department, was taken while he was with the strippers when they stopped at a hotel bar and later a strip club before ending the night at a hotel in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, a police report states. The officer had been carrying the weapon earlier in the night before locking it up in his car before heading into the strip club, the report states. Lesson learned, if you're an off-duty police officer... Hide your Glock from the strippers. I, I got so many questions right now. Go ahead. You go ahead first. Okay. He took the gun into a situation, the city-owned gun, into a predicament or situation where you can't be shocked that you got, got it taken. I don't think he's shocked. I think he no, feels but, bad that he was... No, but how is he a victim? Like, he's stupid. Well, that he got robbed. But what I'm saying is he set himself up to get robbed. But he got robbed. But he's still said, okay, but if he's, you he's are, a cop. He's supposed to be smart. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're a cop. Okay, I get it. But if, if you walk into uh, the middle of a dark alley, you walk into the middle, uh, middle of a dark alley stumbling around because you're intoxicated, yeah. and someone, and someone uh, robs you and leaves you bruised and bloodied, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two things can be true. You're a victim, and you're an idiot for, for wandering into a dark alley. alley. Yeah. If I'm a cop, I am not a victim. I'm a complete blithering moron who should be fired immediately. <laughs> if I'm Judd Zolget and I'm drunk, Citizen Judd, then yes, I'm a victim. It's too bad. I love how but Judd- if I'm employed by the St. Louis Park Police Department in my now hometown, and I get royally drunk and go into an alley with my gun and I get mugged and it's stolen, I should be fired. I love how in Judd court, condescending Judge Judd would mm-hmm. take the reading glasses off and stare at the victims and say, what are you doing here? <laughs> I would. It's you're, a cop. You're, you're an idiot. What are you doing? You're fired. <laughs> not guilty. The defendant, or excuse me, the plaintiff is a moron. So you are not guilty. My thing is, going home with a stripper or strippers, in this case, if you're a single dude, like a young single guy, sounds great, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know if it sounds great in that context. But, uh, but it, <laughs> almost every story that starts with, man went home with strippers ends with something like that. Like you're usually getting robbed or ending up in a situation that you do not want to be in. You're getting mugged. You're getting robbed. Something usually bad has happened in the story that starts with man went home with strippers. You mean they don't like you, really? <laughs> I always found, I always thought the gals were in- interested in me. I mean, you know, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Moral of the story, have your fun at the strip club and leave your fun at the strip club. Don't try and bring it home. Uh, I actually have another one. Do you have, do you have another one, No, too? go All ahead. Right. In other news, <laughs> now this isn't as much people being idiots. This is actually... 
something I think we should adopt here in the, tw- the Twin Cities on the light rail. Okay. okay? So Tokyo's notoriously, this is from uh, NPR.org, National Public Radio, NPR.org. Tokyo's notoriously crowded metro system is trying to ease the morning commute with soba noodles and tempura. That's right. The metro system. I like it. I don't even know what the plan is, but I like it. You're in? I'm Mm -hmm. in, too. Yeah. The metro system is offering vouchers for uh, the buckwheat noodles and fried snacks to commuters who get on the train before rush hour. So far, more than 8,000 people have signed up to beat the clock, metro officials have announced. To participate, passengers have to register their metro cards online and then use those cards to pass through station gates before a morning cutoff time. The uh, the Tokyo Metro then email a voucher to passengers who keep up the early travel for 10 consecutive days, and then you get your free tempura and soba noodles. So basically, there's too many people on their public transportation between... 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., and they want to spread those people out to, like, 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. so it's not so crowded, and to do so, they're giving you free food. See, so if you take an earlier train, if you take an early train, you get free... Yes. You get free soba noodles? Correct, and tempura. I think it would have been much easier for me and Judd to get out here for a Saturday show if you offered free soba noodles and tempura. I want you to do it so I, I can sleep and take the late train. <laughs> like, I like this idea, not for myself, but but let's get as many people who, and it is incredible. This is true in everyone's life, and mm-hmm. it's true in every country. Mm-hmm. Free stuff. If it's free, it's me. Free stuff. Yeah, but it, But, like... Like, when God designed us, he must have put put in a free chip in our brains. Because if something's free, we will go, what is, can you guys name one thing that's been given away free where people have been like, and I'm sure there's something, nah, you know what, so, I don't want it. So we used to, and I, I, I walk a thin line here because I, I think our listeners are awesome. State mm-hmm. Fair, oh yeah. The State Fair, we used to give away like five years ago, we gave away... Every two hours, we gave away just generic 1500 ESPN T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, like My you first could buy year. the same ones for fifteen dollars at the at the 1500 ESPN State Fair booth. Right. But we gave away a hundred free T-shirts at noon, two o'clock, four o'clock, and six o'clock every single day. And so we had a, a table and a stack of free T-shirts, and people would legitimately start lining up for a free ten, fifteen dollar 1500 ESPN T-shirt. I don't blame them. They would start lining up, and the line would be around the block for an hour. I don't blame them. <laughs> if it's free, it's me, Rami. And exactly. So, and so my, and for, first of all, like eternally grateful. Thank you for wanting a fifteen hundred ESPN. Yeah, they love the us. That's what it is. But where my mind goes is, if it's me in that spot, <laughs> is an hour of my time in this situation worth standing in line for a T-shirt? For over an hour, the whole state fair is standing in line. Like that's what the state fair is. So I guess if you're holding a pronto pump, it can be fine. But but and anything that's free, people will wait and for. And especially patiently. For me, free food. I told you guys my three favorite kinds of food in this order. Let me do my own pecking order. Phil had his number three favorite kind of food, Mexican. Number two favorite kind of food. Italian, number one favorite kind of food, free. That's my favorite food, free food. It tastes better Costco when I don't Saturdays. pay for it. Get to Costco I today. Know. Go join Costco right now. You don't you have can to get tell me lunch this. and dinner. I'm going grocery shopping as soon as I leave here just for the free food in the middle of the aisles. Do you, like, put disguises on to go back, <laughs> back no, around? No, you got to go to Costco. Costco is unbelievable. I know. Cub is good, but Costco, you can get meals. And they don't care, for the most part, if you go back. I've circled back like three times, and 
you're not supposed to, they never say a thing. My girlfriend, the first, my first birthday after we started dating, one of the things she did for me for my birthday was she signed me up for every loyalty program of every restaurant within like a 20-mile radius because they all give you free stuff on your birthday, and the vouchers are good for like 30 days. Jesus, you're like an old lady. <laughs> Robbie's like a 78-year-old woman. Got my coupon purse. <laughs> and when I get home, we're going to knit. Happy birthday. I did pay for food for like a month after my birthday. It was amazing. <laughs> and I'm still signed up in these loyalty programs. Hold on a second. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So are you, would, would you consider yourself to be thrifty, i.e. cheap? Or is this just on food? Uh, it's mostly on food. Okay. But anytime I can save a few bucks or get something for free, I'm usually there. Can't fault you for that. No, no. no I just was curious uh, if this extended throughout the rest of your life. In other news, I haven't. I just I pulled a bunch of them oh, up here, man. and this is more just. I'm sort of fascinated by old infrastructures. This is from the TimesUnion.com. City water department employees were about five feet beneath the asphalt on Broadway in Albany when they came across something they weren't expecting: a log. "Quote: As soon as we saw it, I thought, well, that." That can't be an old telephone pole, said Joseph Coffey, the uh, department's commissioner. They pulled out the log, quote-unquote, which was about six feet long, hollowed out, only to learn that it was a piece of Albany's history as well as a testament to how far we've come in water infrastructure over the past three centuries. It wasn't a wooden log. It was a wood water main from the 1700s. Oh, wow. Wow. Wood water mains go way back, the quote says. It reminds us that Albany was an older urban settlement. The colonial-era main was found Friday morning as crews worked to connect the former Argus building to the city sewer system. Um, while the exact age of the wood water main is not known, Coffey said he estimates it was installed in the mid to late 1700s when wood was still used for water mains. The city switched to the use of cast iron in the early 1800s. How was that ever a thing? How did that even? How did that work for a week? I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, like yeah. wood, wood expands and shrinks as it gets wet well, and dry or hot say, and cold. Wood, like wood doesn't like water. Last time I checked, so how would that be a conduit? I'm so confused. I think. Uh, how did think it about the prospects of like Minnesota cold weather, minus 25 temperatures. And, and and water mains breaking on the regular the way they are now. Imagine if you had wood water mains. Like water would just stop flowing, period. End of story. We wouldn't have running shouldn't, water in the winter. Shouldn't the person who proposed that idea initially have been fired? <laughs> in the 1700s? Hey, Ted, give us your presentation. It's a wood water main. Ted, you're fired. It would have been Theodore in the 1700s. <laughs> yeah, Theodore, come in. No, but, uh, no, but seriously, like, like, okay, you're sort of just a bumbling moron and you come up with this idea right so yeah, wood water main and then and then well you're not a, somebody's no, like no, in the 1700s you're not it, it was revolutionary how do we get water from this main hub over to these communities right but let's go back well, let's let, and, and the answer was according to the article they hollowed out tree trunks and oh, that's and my point though like them. like wouldn't we go what was available at that time as possible conduits not steel for water because i gotta think something in the, in would be better masses. than wood i don't like it Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting, but I don't like it. I would have fired. He the says person. that like somebody's proposing to do it now. Like I don't like it. Nope. Uh, nope. I don't want. I don't want anything. And how to did do it with stay that. down there that long too? I mean, my God, you you would have thought at some point in time they would have dug that sucker up years ago. Judge is firing people from three hundred years ago. Firing people with white. You know wigs. what it's like? 
the wild. It's like, okay, go lose, lose, lose. And people are like, no, 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 wood will work as a water rate. No, it won't. What's in that corn cob pipe, Theodore? You're on some crazy stuff here. What's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I got my gun taken by a stripper last night. Oh, my God. Wow. Mackie and Judd with Rami live at the Minnesota Golf Show, the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. A huge thanks to some of our uh, some of our close partners, the PGA Superstore, X-Golf of Woodbury, which is the Twin Cities' newest indoor golf and sports bar with the latest golf simulator technology, Second Swing, where we all videoed ourselves taking terrible golf swings yesterday. You can find that on the Score North Twitter account. That's uh, just S-K-O-R North at Score North on Twitter. Nelson Marine for their sponsorship of the $100,000 pontoon putt, the Minnesota Golf Association, uh, the Minnesota section of the PGA, and all kinds of other awesome vendors out here as part of the all-weekend-long Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show live at Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. And a uh, lot, lot bigger crowd today than, than yesterday because I think people felt guilty for all the school days they probably had to stay home for. <laughs> so they worked all day yesterday. You know, when we put the uh, the videos out yesterday at, at Score North on Twitter, um, and... The caption with it was, every like is a vote. Vote for the best swing on the score North staff. Oh, do we have a tally? Um, well, last I checked, I had the second best swing on the staff. I don't know if people quite understood the voting system. <laughs> Lindsey Brown had the uh, the best swing on the staff, according to our listeners. And That's I, accurate. That's I somehow accurate. was second. I don't know how, but what? I some Yeah. I don't, I mean. Well, I don't think. I'll I don't take th- it. Best can be construed in different ways. <laughs> Certainly not the smoothest swing. Well, hold on a second. Your your swing would probably be second, right? Well, in terms of like prettiest golf swing, sh- I don't know. Lynn's is first for sure. I'm a leaning tower. Like when I golf, I'm like leaning out toward the right over the golf ball. You know, when I was watching it live, Danny Cunningham's swing looked good. It doesn't look good on video. I agree. Right? I expected a nice clean swing. It it's better than mine, but not a lot better than mine. Like, it's sort of herky You guys both raise your front leg up. I don't know where you guys thought you saw that. Were you, like, lift like a like Kirby Puckett? It's because I'm peeing. you lift your front leg up? That's what you're what? It, it's because I'm peeing. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm about to pee. Okay. It's like a fire hydrant. That's what it is. Uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami uh, back with uh, one more segment here today. A little bonus Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. And it's Mackie and Judd on Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com. We're live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center. Hall B. Full details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Thank you, Rami. Uh, Last segment of our bonus Mackie and Judd with Rami show here from the golf show. And uh, Ryan Peterson is the general manager of one of the best golf courses in the state of Minnesota, the Wilderness at Fortune Bay. Uh, it's it's on my list for sure, Ryan. And I'm looking at uh, we were just talking during the break. Uh, is it hole number three, the front yeah. page of your website? Yeah. And I just the, the the I love courses with scenery and water and like usually I lose eleven golf balls on <laughs> tough courses. But for people who haven't made the trek up to uh, northern Minnesota and played at the Wilderness, what can they expect if they they want to maybe have a little fun weekend here when the weather turns nicer? Well, the great thing about coming up to uh, northern Minnesota, uh, Tower Minnesota, Lake Vermilion area is there's a lot to do besides obviously golf. Um, the resort itself offers hotel, casino, full service marina and all that all that fun stuff. Um, but the, the gem itself is truly the golf course in the area that it was built and, and, and the, the layout of it is just fantastic. I, and I'm not kidding to say that every hole is truly a, 
a photograph picture hole for you. You can get on every tee box, and you're going to want to take a picture of it. We call those Instagrammable views now. Absolutely. We go anywhere <laughs> we want and get those done. But it's, it, it, you know, the, how it was done, and, and our, uh, Jeffrey Brower, who, who uh, was the architect for that course, did a fantastic job, and a lot of ledge rock. I mean, it just... It's something you don't see, I don't think, in Minnesota at all. Yeah. I mean, if not, around the country. What's, um, what's this VIP, uh, the Up North VIP ticket that I've been hearing about? Well, that was something new this year when we were approached uh, about being a part of it is, is now you can purchase the ticket, obviously, to get into the event. Um, but along with that, purchasing the ticket, um, you get a round of golf at the Wilderness. You get, I think, 17 free rounds at other local golf courses. Uh, I think six chances at the, the long putt there for the $100,000 um, and, and a Nike shirt. So for the package deal that it was offered, you get a got a break at the green fee up at the wilderness and the whole type deal. I think it was a four hundred some dollar value for yeah. one hundred and forty nine dollars or something. So it was a heck of a deal. Yeah. Hey. All right. When we had when we had like a, a foot and a half of snow in the middle of April last year. When when did when did the wilderness wind up opening last year because of all that? Well, was so it open before or <laughs> no? No, typically we don't open until about the first Friday in May. Yeah. That's kind of our idea. Last year we did not open then. It was the following weekend, which would be opening fishing weekend uh, for us in Minnesota. But um, we had snow cover till the end of April, which is about 24, six days longer than normal. Yeah. So uh, it, it didn't do our course very well to have that snow cover, but uh, we came through pretty good by the end of the year. But, yeah, normally we're pretty good by by then that last storm was the uh a doozy what, what oh, was that about 18 up there oh yeah inches yeah. or so oh yeah yeah it, it 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 was one of those winters that we don't see that often or that for that long of a winter but um they do happen and what's we, the we best so let's say we've got a group of group of guys uh we got rami judd myself our producer uh, joey d back in the studio and and we want to we want to have a three or four day getaway long weekend and we want to include the wilderness at fortune bay and the resort Talk us through what we should, what what should we do? How should we put that together? Oh my God! Which I mean, bars? Which bars? <laughs> which, which, <laughs> bar, <laughs> which bars should Judd go to? You know, while <laughs> Phil golfs and loses balls. Well, you, you know, the first thing I would do is you for sure you got to get there and play golf right away, and you got to have dinner at our grill and have a cocktail at the, at our bar and everything. Um, the cool thing is there's a couple places off-site you can definitely go visit and hang out and have a good time for the evening. But you know the hotel casino's got a lot of offerings over there as well. Um, if you like to gamble a little bit, play cards or buy or, uh, little slots or whatever it may be, um, you know. But a, a great great trip would be to come play a couple rounds of golf, rent a pontoon boat for the day, Sea Lake Vermilion. I'm telling you, it's probably one of the best lakes in the state. That's to go. keep your shirts on, guys. I like that one. Will do. The pontoon. Me. The pontoon is fantastic. Oh my god, I love the pontoon. The lake is beautiful. You, you, if you come up nice. and you've never been out, you got to get on that lake. Okay. And just drive around, bring a cooler with you. If you fish, don't fish. It really doesn't matter. It's a cool yeah. lake for that. So you get everything up there. Awesome. So, uh, so Ryan, if, if people want to know more about the wilderness at Fortune Bay, or if, they, if they've got a bucket list of Minnesota golf courses, and I'm assuming this should absolutely be on it for most absolutely. people, um, what website, where can people find out more information? Well, our website is golfthewilderness.com, so uh, you can get pretty much all the information you need right from that website. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. I don't do that part that often, so I let uh, Rachel, our sales, sales and marketing director, handle all that fun stuff. 
Um, but yeah, otherwise, give us a call. Give us a shout at two one eight seven five three eight nine one seven, and we'll be glad to answer any questions anybody has. We'll get anything together. Awesome, man. Ryan Peterson, the GM of the you Wilderness bet. of Fortune Bay. Thank you Thanks very for much. Coming over. It's a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thanks. You can mic drop those headphones right on the table there. Uh, Appreciate it, man. Nice All job, right. Rami. Thank um, you. Got that turned down right, <laughs> right time. Nice. Uh, so we have a few minutes left, and I. Uh, I'm going to spring this on Rami because because I'm super curious. So you made a reference earlier in the show that you went and did a little little open mic night last night. Yeah. So, A, for our audience that's just joining our show in the last few weeks and they're new to you, and and B, for our own curiosity about how last night went, what is going on with your stand-up comedy career uh, these days? You do uh, have a a side gig in stand-up comedy that our listeners might not know a lot about. I have a show coming up. I don't have all the details. I'll try and pull it up while I'm telling you guys. About last night, but I have a show on February 20th in St. Paul. Um, last night I went to the Comedy Corner Underground, which is literally in the basement of the Corner Bar, a place that yeah. Phil was familiar with. And but you didn't? Did you know there was a comedy club in the I basement? I did. Yeah, I, is, I've never been to it, but yeah. and it's a great little spot. Like it's it's kind it's kind of divey and kind of dingy, but you walk down there and you see the posters of some of the comedians who have performed at this place and some of the best comedians who are touring this country right now wow. have been in that basement and have performed in that place. And a packed house on a Friday night for an open mic is not something that you see very often. Um, it was my first time there. First-timers only get three minutes. So I I have I think I did all right, but I'm not used to doing just three minutes. So for me, it's a hard time gauging. I have a hard time gauging how well I did in just three minutes of performing. I think I was talking a little fast just to get everything in in time. But all in all, man, it was it was a really, really fun experience. And there are some really funny people here in Minneapolis and the Twin Cities. How do you approach it when it's that short? Because, um, I mean, there can't, there can't like, be big themes or something then. And, and the problem for What's me is I'm not a set-up punchline comic. Like, if you're, if you're a set-up punchline comic and your jokes are taking somewhere between 15 and 30 seconds, three minutes is plenty for you. I'm more of a storytelling sure. style of comedian, um, so I really had to, first of all, pick the right jokes that I knew I could tell in short form and then truncate them and make them even shorter than their normal version. But I thought it went I thought it went really well. What I, was your first ever experience with stand up? And how long ago was it? Um I fell while going up onto stage. I literally <laughs> tripped on the stairs while going up onto the stage. Um, and had a huge I didn't realize this till I went down because the adrenaline was pumping, had a huge gash across my shin. Like my sock was soaked with blood like Kurt Schilling. When I oh, you had the blood, the bloody sock game, your first time out. My first time ever. Where'd it go? <laughs> um, and so obviously there were some nerves involved, but that actually was kind of a blessing because the first thing I, people laughed when I tripped going up on stage. So the first thing I said was, I did that on purpose just for you guys. And that got a laugh. So then immediately, and any comedian will tell you, like almost every time you go up, there's a little bit of the, the butterflies, the nervousness, whatever you want to call it. The first laugh you get, and a lot of that sort of goes away. Um, and that provided my very first laugh. So it was like immediately, initially, right off the bat, got that first laugh, got that out of the way. And, yeah, it took a gash across my shin and a, a pair of socks I had to throw away. But it was worth it, if you ask me. Why is people being hurt funny? <laughs> I don't know. No, but if, if, I laugh if, at it every time. I do too. I laugh but at like, it people, every time. People falling, you don't think to yourself, "Oh my God, they they just fell." You think, 
That was sort of funny. It's like, that like one of why my, is that funny? One of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow and Instagram is the Darwin Awards yes. account. Yes. Where it's just people near near dying and getting hurt physically. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> but think like about people that. Like falling the, off ladders. Think about stuff. how sick and twisted that is, but you're right. It's absolutely true. What? So I, I don't know. Well, Rami, you probably haven't heard about this, but uh, one of our sister stations, My Talk 1071, mm-hmm. they do an annual thing called Project Down and Dirty where their entire staff for a large chunk of a week has to go learn a new trade. So they'll have to learn how to oh. be chefs or this or that. And and last year, they all had to learn over three days how to do stand-up comedy and oh, then perform God. in a room of 2,000 people on stage. <laughs> what? Yes. So, Where did you find 2,000 people? It's one of the best radio brands in the Twin Cities, and they've just got yeah. people that... So people come out block. just for this? Yes, to see them all... Make idiots of themselves. Yeah, potentially yeah. fail. Oh my God, so my there. my question is, what would it take for us, short of forcing him with like sponsorship money and a radio driven event, to get Judd on stage for three minutes for an open mic night? I think three Judd, minutes. Oh, I think Judd could do three minutes. I don't know about that. I think you could. We could we could help you write we've, three minutes of we've material. Got, we've actually got people on, on the staff who it might be funnier to do it to them. <laughs> we've got a few candidates Jonathan Harrison might be number one on that list uh, that's a wrap for uh, I bonus. can't find the details for my show on we'll, the 20th we'll I'll talk about it on my week. timeline like here a, shortly it's like Carson I'll be appearing at the Sands on Thursday night. I'll be at the MGM on Friday. All right, that's great. This is the Johnny Carson Show. So, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Find our podcast on scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R-North.com. And uh, back tomorrow with Danny and Manny from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, 10 to noon. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.